hello and welcome to episode 165 of the 1099 for the week of September 10th, 2018. I'm your host, Josiah Nodden, and with me today is a YouTuber, streamer, content creator on Facebook, father, a man still waiting on a 10-day NBA contract, good game bro himself, <laughs> Doug Vini. Doug, how you doing today? I'm not going to lie, the 10-day NBA contract, can we make that happen? Actually, you know what? <laughs> After the video with James Harden and Embiid, there, there's no chance of that happening. So you can I throw that out the window s- now. You got to scrub that one from the record if you do want to get picked up. You got to delete those videos. You know, the <sighs> internet always forgets, as they say. So if you remove it from the internet, no one will actually know what happened. That's why I play video games. So I can like do all these things that I can't do in real life anymore. So <laughs> Your title has gotten so much longer from the last... I think you've now been on two times. You were on super early, then we did one when you were approaching i think it was seventy-five thousand subscribers on youtube or something like that and since then like i mentioned you you had uh, a little love affair with twitch you, you still do youtube and now facebook is a big thing that you're doing and you're doing different content you're it's not all sports games it's not all shooters i mean fortnite is a shooter but fortnite is almost its own thing before For we sure. get into that what does your actual workload look like during any given week beyond your full-time job which isn't related to this stuff between youtube and Facebook. How are you splitting that? Yeah, it's kind of crazy. So the gist of my days are like Monday through Friday, I work nine to basically five. Uh, I leave, get my daughter at daycare at like 530. I'm home by six, making dinner, hanging out with the wife, doing chores until like eight. I stream from 8 p.m. until about midnight. And then I edit videos until about 2 a.m. And then I get up and do it all again. Uh, And then I like on Saturday mornings, my wife like it's like 10 a.m. She's like, okay, you need to get up. I'm like, okay, thank you for letting me sleep in. Um, but then I just like am doing stuff around the house and, and making videos. But it's uh, it's fun, but it's really tough <laughs> at the same time. I guess the part I forgot to mention again is that since last time we've talked, you've become a father. So that's oh, yeah, yeah. changed kind of things pretty yeah. wildly. It's kind of important. <laughs> and you stream, which is something that you can't stop and edit. It just happens. It's live. How is it? How has that changed how you stream? Has your daughter ever randomly just come like, you know, crying or crawling in or anything like that? Just to barge in your stream? Dude, funny you mentioned that. Uh, earlier today, actually, my daughter um, was crying and I was streaming with someone. And I have like, I have an OBS filter on my mic so that they can't hear certain things in the background. But on Discord, I guess you could hear my daughter crying. <laughs> so the guy I was streaming <laughs> with was like, Is, do I hear a baby crying? I'm like, oh, God, I'm sorry. <laughs> like, it's my daughter. Um Dude, shout out to my wife, though. My wife is literally, like, the reason I can still create content and stream. Because without her, this would not be happening. Um, yeah. But you, you, I try to I try to basically stream when my daughter's, like, in bed. Like, she goes to bed around 8 o'clock every night. So it's, like, the perfect sort of, like, lineup of time. Um, but you definitely, every once in a while, will hear her cry a little bit on the stream. <laughs> yeah, and not to get too businessy suddenly, but we just talked about the split between YouTube and Facebook. What makes the most sense for you to invest your time in, in terms of, payoff and let's use the uh, the ROI term the yeah, return yeah. on investment type of term here because you don't have that many hours in the day for you don't have a lot of free time to do stuff you you're split in so many different ways what's the thing that you feel like makes the most sense for you to focus on after you are done being a dad and after you're done with your full-time job man it, it's kind of I guess crazy to, to think about it like when I first started I'm like man YouTube's gonna be like the thing that I'm always focusing on and if I can't get to a stream or whatever on Facebook they're like eh whatever but it's like polar like opposite now it's like completely flipped like I prioritize what I've created on Facebook way more than what I do on YouTube like there have been days where like I finish a stream and it's like 12 30 1 in the morning and I'm like bro I don't feel like making a video I'm going to bed and then I don't have a YouTube video that day and a year ago if you told me that I would do that, I would like, you're out of your mind. I'm putting up a video like almost every single day. Um, but just the the sense of community, the interactions I get on Facebook, like the genuine audience interactions that happen there, like one, that makes me feel way better as a person from like the stuff that happens there. And two, my views have started to like skyrocket on Facebook in comparison to what YouTube does. And so I'm like, it's performing better with a smaller audience in a quicker amount of time I I don't know. How, I mean, YouTube I'll probably always do at some point, but Facebook is is skyrocketing for me. Like I'm really happy with it. You say always with YouTube, and I think that's where we're really similar. Is that we're very we have routines, and we also get dedicated to do something, especially if it's a daily thing. It's always get up and do this thing that I love to do, and you keep doing it, and you keep doing it, and you keep doing it. Is there sort of a routine nature to YouTube at this point where? you of course you appreciate that audience that's what helped you get to where you are now you wouldn't be on facebook doing what you're doing if you didn't do youtube beforehand but is there also maybe this 
internal, not to get way too deep here, this internal <laughs> obligation to YouTube because you're just so used to every day at, I think it was for the longest time around 4 p.m. Eastern, I'm going yeah. to uh, upload this video. Is there sort of this internal thing keeping you doing that? Dude, shout out to you for actually knowing that it's 4 p.m. I watch Eastern. them at like 401 every day <laughs> when I was at work in Jacksonville. So I, I, that's real. No, I appreciate that. Um, I think there is sort of like that ingrained sort of like routine aspect of it. But to me, I kind of I kind of look at YouTube as the control and Facebook is kind of like um, the experiment. And like my science teacher would probably love me. Be like, you finally learned something in science class, like way back in like middle school or whatever. But like. I, I look at YouTube of like, I know what works there. I know what type of content will perform well there. I know what people want to see there. On Facebook, I do a lot of Fortnite and, and shooters and sports games or whatever. But like, I've been able to like tinker and try different content, try different styles of it, different editing techniques and see how it plays off. And then I've, I've taken the same video, right? The same general audience style. Because like my audience, if you like me on YouTube, you'll probably like me on Facebook. And like, there is not a huge overlap there, but... I put the same content on both channels to see how it performs, same amount of time. And Facebook will like knock it out of the park on something that I thought would have crushed it on YouTube. So it's really weird to see the dynamic of like how the two platforms like play out for me. You mentioned before that if you like you on YouTube, you probably want to go over to Facebook. And I know you're someone who appreciates metrics. You keep track of this shit. How many people do you feel like have followed you over from YouTube to Facebook? Do you feel like you're working with an entirely new community or is it half YouTube good game bro fans and half just random Facebook people? I, I originally thought it was going to be like a lot higher than what it was, but I have so many comments that come through on YouTube and they're like, why don't you stream anymore? And I'm like, bro, I stream like five to six <laughs> times a week on Facebook. And they're like, oh, I'm not going to go over there. It's like Facebook's for old people. And I'm like, that's not the case because my audience tells me that uh, I think it's 44% uh, of my audience is 13 to 17 years old on Facebook. If you had told me before I started that with my audience, I'm like, you're out of your mind. There's no way that percentage of my audience will be 13 to 17. And then my next highest is 18 to 24 or 18 to 25, whatever Facebook measures it by. But like 80 roughly percent of my audience is between the ages of 13 to 25 on Facebook. Um, I think like 90% is like male or whatever. And it's like, I just didn't really expect that to happen. But I don't think as many people came over from YouTube as I thought would to Facebook, but more people have went from Facebook to YouTube because they're like, when you're not streaming, I want to watch some of your other stuff. And they kind of get the best of both worlds that way. That audience breakdown is interesting because that's that's my assumption is that if you are on the Internet watching other people play Fortnite, I'm not saying you're always going to be between the ages of 13, to 18 or maybe 13 to 20. But that's where my brain would go immediately. That's who I think is pro there's probably 300,000 of those types of people watching Ninja every single day when he's on Twitch. Uh, I know you're not someone I think on YouTube. I've never heard you swear. You, you always stay away from being vulgar or anything yeah. like that because you understand your audience. Is that something, a concerted effort for you, knowing your audience and not wanting to be one of those people who's just dropping F-bombs every single time? Was that always a plan for you that you don't want to be one of those streamers who's just rattling off profanity every single moment? I mean, look, dude, you know me. You know I love <laughs> my four-letter words. But uh, when I was doing content creation, and it was just one of those things where, like, I didn't want to be one of those people. And, and not saying anything's wrong with profanity, because, again, I love profanity in my own, like, personal time. But I, I thought about, like, the future, right? Like, my nephew was really young at the time. And I'm like, at some point, if I do well on YouTube or wherever I create content, my nephew's going to want to watch my videos, I hope. That's, like, you know, the dream. And I'm like, this is way before my daughter, obviously. And I'm like, I don't want my nephew to have to go to want to watch my videos and my sister to be like, you can't watch Uncle Dougie's videos. And then he'll be like, why? And then she'll be like, well, he uses bad words. And that's like a whole can of worms. That was like my initial thought. But as a, you know, as time develops, I was like, I just, it's a challenge for me because I curse so much in my real life. and I'm trying to like slow down on it that if I can just not do it on stream and set a good example oh. for kids, then why not? Like it's a, it's a good challenge to have and it's going to make me a a quote unquote better person for like, you know, trying to, you know, mind my, uh, my words throughout the streams and content. So it was just a challenge for myself. And I just kind of stuck with it at this point. So when you did make that transition from YouTube to Facebook, like we just mentioned, you're not, you're still not doing profanity. It's, it's not really your avenue. It's not really your game, but was there ever any moments, maybe even throughout your entire journey through YouTube and now that you're on Facebook where you considered, I hate the word brand, brand is the fucking worst term of all time, but dude, have you had moments where maybe if things weren't clicking or you had people saying, oh, I don't like watching the streamer think that, have you ever considered changing the way you do things? Because I think a lot of your streams are just you 
It's just you being out there. But there are actual characters, like wrestling style fucking characters on Twitch where it's Dr. Disrespect. I'm going to sound like an old guy because I don't know any of these actual people. But like Dr. <laughs> Disrespect and people out there who are just ratcheting everything up to 200% and sometimes being different people. Was there ever a moment where you were like, ah, maybe I can try one of those things. Maybe I can go in a different direction and see where that goes. I think maybe early on, but I think the big thing for me is like the 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 persona you find of me like on a stream or in my videos is like typically it's basically me. It's like hanging out with me and maybe I'm like slightly, you know, turned up a little bit like I'm I'm from an eight to a nine or an eight to a ten or something like that. But like my whole vision is just to like show people that you can be funny, you can have this like humor, this comedic element to it, and I have to be like this over-the-top personality or whatever. Like, all of my streams are based around, like, voices and just, like, funny moments and, like, making fun of myself. And that's the entire, like, version of my stream. Like, if you watch my stream, like, I'm going to win some games, I'm going to lose some games. And when I lose some games, like, I want chat to let me have it. I'm going to make fun of myself, too. We're going to have our little catchphrases and sayings. Like, that's the whole, like, crux of mine. And for me, early on, I focused on that. And that was the best thing possible because I don't have to worry about, like, going out to an event because my whole thought was like if I go to an event let's say one day I do really well for myself and I become a big content creator which I doubt ever happens but like let's say that did happen the last thing I want is for someone to here's the perfect example Dave Chappelle Dave Chappelle was on top of the world for a long time and one of the things that stuck with me is that when he left his show and he kind of walked away like I wanted to know why and a big thing he talked about was that when he would go out people would say like oh Rick James and like all the different catchphrases to him and he was like I'm so much more than that. I'm I'm an intelligent comedian, but everyone just looks at like what he would consider like the dumbest pieces of humor, and that's all they stuck to. And I did not want to get to a point where like if I did become successful, that people would only latch on to those things and then I would just be frustrated as like this is all people care about. Like I didn't want that to happen. Three things. First, don't sell yourself short. You could totally become a massive content creator because you're already on this a certain trajectory, uh, especially now that you're on Facebook. Second, I still hear that when Dave Chappelle is on stage, people would still yell that at, that at him at comedy clubs. Like he can barely sometimes do certain shows because there's just that one drunk idiot who really likes the Rick James sketch and just wants to let everyone know, hey, by the way, that's the Rick James guy. I'm just going to keep <laughs> saying it. So I totally get that. And And third and maybe most importantly, is it gratifying knowing that you can be yourself and build an audience because certain people gain traction on the internet because they're extremely good at something ninja is he when he plays fortnite i don't even understand what's going on if you ever watch dragon ball z there's always like the, the fucking low skill humans that are watching these fights and they can't even see what's going on because it's going so fast that's me when i'm watching ninja where i'm like I, how is he doing that? What's even going on? I can barely build and and jump at the same time. Uh, but in your case, I'm not saying you're not good at games. You are good at games. Wow. And you've gotten a wow. lot better. for. I know I could have completely ripped into you there, but I stopped <laughs> myself. But a lot of it is just because people like you and people like the way you do things. Has it been gratifying, like you said, because you've stuck with being yourself and starting to gain that audience? Does that feel better than if you would have done this as a character? Oh, my God. It's the best feeling in the world. Like there's nothing cooler to me than like people genuinely liking me as a person and not just like like if i was out there doing a character like there were times where like i wanted to do a spinoff character like my nerd voice it's like oh hey everybody we're playing <laughs> fortnite today like you know i i throw that out there every once in a while and like people enjoy that but people come in my stream because like i'm positive um i don't mind like self-deprecation like I, i'll make fun of myself like when bad things happen like i'm like oh pour it on like to remind me that I was trash there like I got dunked on by Joel Embiid please remind me by that like show me memes or whatever of it like it's a it's the best feeling in the world when you feel like you can be yourself in front of an audience on camera playing games that you enjoy hanging out with people that are like-minded individuals and forming this community of positivity um, and not having to just be that character because streaming is a grind right I don't want to have to get up to go stream at eight o'clock every night. And then all of a sudden I'm like, Oh my God, I don't feel like being this character. No, I just get to go on and be myself. And like, that's the best feeling in the world. Crazily, you do attract positivity, which is you're maybe one of the last three people in the world who do that on the internet <laughs> successfully. It's usually the complete opposite and you're wading through bullshit and yeah. terrible comments and, and live chats that make you question why you ever do this to begin with. When you do have bad eggs though, when you do have people, let's say on Facebook who are just, spamming or saying terrible things how do you deal with that are you someone who tries to call that out directly do you have a team of moderators what 
I'm not saying you there should be this. I'm not trying to make it robotic and be like, what's your tool for positivity, Doug? <laughs> yeah, but yeah. how do you make sure it stays that way? It's a it's a slippery slope, man. Like I've tried to help other streamers kind of like not I don't want to tell people like what to do. Right. But I try to tell them like how I've approached it. So I have like different ways. If there's a troll that comes in chat and someone will be like, oh, my God, you're trash. This guy's trash. I'll just like spin it around. Like, look, man, like I was going to say Kevin, like uh, let's say his name is Kevin. I'm like, look, Kevin, like don't come in chat. Talk about your bad breath. Take it somewhere else. Look, <laughs> Crest, Listerine, whatever you need. It's just a, get a robotic toothbrush too, man. You'll be fine. You'll be fine. And then everyone just kind of like piles on. I had one guy that actually came in chat and he was just like, this guy is the worst Fortnite player I've ever seen in my entire life. I'm like, okay, whatever, whatever. I was like, okay, apparently you've not seen a lot of people play Fortnite. So I'm playing, and I do a thing called Open Squads, where viewers can come in, and they can kind of hang out and um, play. And this guy actually gets into a game, but I don't realize it because I don't know what his gamer tag is as compared to his name. So he gets in, and uh, two guys on our team die. We're playing squads in Fortnite. Two guys die like early on when we first drop. And we're like, we slay out, and we're like down to the final 20 people or whatever. And this guy's like, he's. I told him in chat, oh, this is what happened. He said I was trash. I was like, come on, man. I'm sorry your parents didn't hug you, but like, just ask him for a hug. You'll be fine. You'll feel a lot better. You won't be so negative. <laughs> he, in the game, he's, he literally says, he's like, hey, guess what? And I was like, what, man? He's like, uh, I got a hug from my parents. And I like die laughing. Like, I immediately die laughing. Mm -hmm. So then he tells me, this is kind of what like, um, spurred a lot of my thought it's like this is early on he's like i just wanted you to know like i wasn't trying to be rude i just wanted to get your attention and that's the best way i could get your attention because there's so many people in chat and it triggered something in my mind of like so many people aren't even trying to be don't even want to be negative they just want to find a way to get a response from the content creator for the streamer and so like if i can find playful ways to engage with them and let them know like yo, this is a positive place you don't have to be that way or just like play around enough where it's not going to be super derogatory towards them but kind of like plays around with them and makes them want to stay that's what i have to do so we ended up winning that game and it was like a good lesson for me of like not everyone talking negative is actually wanting to be negative they just want attention and to interact with the stream i remember pretty early on when you were on youtube and you were doing streams you weren't a dude who did shout outs you'd be like oh just just talk to me and then i will talk to you directly and i feel like that yeah. encouraged people to instead of just spamming chat be like say my name motherfucker Instead, you're like actually having a real conversation with these people and that happened. And I'm assuming it's similar in that way. And I feel like I've probably said this too many times this podcast, but I, I very much relate to that sentiment you just brought up because so many people are the same in review comments where they're just saying the worst possible thing or they're, they're just trying to be as just right in your face as possible. And when you can just slow things down for a second. And it's impossible to do this if you have such a major audience that you can't control it. But if you can just talk to that person directly and say, hey, here's why I thought this. Here's how this score happened. Here's why this review took a bit. Here's why this happened. They'll almost always, almost always give you the response of, oh, I didn't even know anyone was reading this. Yep. I, sorry, I didn't mean to do that. And it's, it's not the content creator's job to teach the world how to be humans, how to be actual, you know, empathetic or just real people who just go around spewing terrible things but you do realize like what you just said that you can change people's attitudes if you just actually talk to them and make it a real conversation other than here's the streamer with this many hundreds of this many thousands of people watching maybe if i say the worst possible thing i'll get that attention i'll get that buzz i'll get that something and maybe it's worked for them long enough but you need to have that it feels good every once in a while to be the person who changes their mindset like that Absolutely. And that's why I love streaming because I've been able to do it enough and my audience knows my personality enough. They know how I'm going to react to certain things. I don't even have to do it half the time now. Like there's every once in a while where like I'll step out of like the streaming environment and be like, you know, say something and call it out or whatever. But I feel like 75% of the time when someone comes in being super negative, my chat is like, yo, you don't have to be that way. He's an entertainment streamer. Like your breath smell, they'll do st stuff like that. I'm like, yo, chat, calm down. Don't be so hard on him. Let little Timmy just back him up, back him up. Let him feel okay here. But uh, it's really cool when you mold your, your uh, community just to have that same sort of persona or same like outlook on life. And you see it kind of like shape and shift everything. Yeah, it's it, there's like there's a lot of reasons to not be extremely positive on humanity <laughs> right now. Um, but <laughs> sure. those are the moments where you're like, okay. Even though things seem bleak and the internet is just dumpster fire, there, there's moments like that out there. This is going to be the dumbest question I ask you, but I promise there's a reason for it. Okay. Uh, why Fortnite? And again, 
dumb question. It's the biggest game in the world. It's now reached this phenomenon level that's kind of hard to explain. And if you told anyone two years ago that Fortnite would become the biggest thing in the world, they'd be like, what, you mean that weird building game that took six years to make? Why would anyone do that? But it's it's a crowded market. It's it's a lot of in a lot of cases, sometimes playing the biggest game in the world when you are not the one of the top 10 streamers in the world isn't the best choice because there's so many other options. It's the same way of if you make a battle royale game right now, it seems like a great idea because everyone's playing it, but people already have their two or people already have their three. It's really hard to break into that circle. What made you decide that okay, I can play Fortnite, play it well enough and start building an audience this way? So I actually love Fortnite. I loved it from the very beginning when it was just like a, a PVE style game. I loved it so much that I actually bought a website for Fortnite to build a community around it because I was like so hyped about the game. And when they announced PVP, I was like, this is dumb. I was like, I'm not going to play this. Like, <laughs> this is stupid. And then I was playing like PUBG hardcore. And then I was like, yeah, I'm just going to try it. Like I watched, I think I watched Ninja or someone play it. Um, and I was like, oh, I'm just going to give it a shot. And I played it, and it was the weirdest thing, but also, like, the coolest thing. And I'm like, if they fix some of the gun mechanics, I might actually, like, be on board with it. But I, I, I think, like, it, whether it's Fortnite or something else, like, you never know. But I don't play games unless I enjoy them. Like, there are some content creators that I feel bad because they have to, like, play a game even if they don't like it anymore. And I look at, you know, Tim the Tatman as an example. Like, I love Tim the Tatman. Because he loved Overwatch, and at some point he was like, you know what? It's not fun for me anymore, chat. Some of you guys may not even want to watch me play this anymore, but I'm done with it. We're going to try something new. And he played Fortnite and a couple other different things, but like having that outlook where you can do your hobby, have fun with it, and just play what you actually enjoy, that's what you want ultimately as a content creator. Uh, we did talk before about a lot of what you do is just be yourself but of course you're thinking about hey how do i how do i get more views how do i make sure i differentiate myself and how did you decide on that how do you differentiate yourself from other fortnite streamers since there are so many people out there playing this game and also the game is free so anyone can just download it and play it like it's freely available to anyone so there's so many different things pulling people's attention away who could uh, possibly be trying to watch yours i, I think just from what I've seen, I think what people value most when watching Fortnite streams is skill and then personality. And I think it flips for a lot of games. A lot of games, like, I'm just, I don't care if they're good or not. I just like if they're funny. I like if they're interesting. But for Fortnite, there's, you need to at least be good at that game or people are just going to get frustrated watching you play. So <laughs> what have you done to make yourself stand out from the crowd? I've really focused on, like, two things for my Fortnite streams. Uh, the first one is just, like, humor. Uh, and the second one is inclusion. So I, I try to focus on like, I, I like to think that I'm funny. My wife says that I'm not funny, but you know, that's neither here nor there. Uh, but I like to try to like focus on my humor and you know, the little catchphrases and little moments or whatever. Like if I'm in a house with someone in the game, like my stream knows that I'm going to be like housekeeping. Like I'm just going to like say dumb little things to kind of like spice it up. Um, so I'm always saying things that are going to like keep the action going, even when there's like lulls in the game. But I think the other big thing is like, I try to include my viewers. So um, every probably like once or twice a week, I bring in open squads where any viewer can join me. It's just first come first serve. And I let them play. They get a chat with me. They get to ask me questions. And throughout it, I'm kind of giving them tips. I'm like, oh yeah, try this, try this. Or here's how I like do a situation like this. And I am not the best Fortnite player. Okay. That title goes to a million other people besides me, but I've gotten better. And through me getting better, as I start improving, I tell my chat every time like, oh, I'm doing this now because this is why this works or try doing this in this, in this situation because it does this. And I think Having that sort of like humor, that inclusion, and that sort of like little tips and tricks throughout, people just gravitate towards that. And they know like if I keep watching, like I'll get better. And I see so many comments saying, I got my first solo win from watching you. Thank you so much. And I'm like, that that's ultimately is like what you want. Do you ever get worried about having catchphrases? I, I don't <laughs> think you do. And you're not someone who I see is like, oh, he's just saying that thing over and over. But there's definitely YouTubers and streamers where it's their the certain things they say too much become habits and they have catchphrases and you're like, oh God, please stop saying that. Have you ever been worried about that? Like, am I saying this too much? Absolutely. And what I do is I rotate my catchphrases. So there will be times where like people want me to say certain things and I just literally will not say it. Like I'll go on and I push another catchphrase or I'll push another sort of like um, theme or whatever. And then over time I'll like rotate it back in. So like I, I don't want to be that person that's like, I, I don't want to call out any content creators, so I'll refrain from saying like their catchphrases I or whatever. You just send me in a chat and I'll say it out loud. <laughs> but I don't I don't want to be that person that's like, 
monotonously saying the same thing where you're just like, good God, shut up, or skipping past that, that portion of the video. Um, I mean, I do say undefeated never lost a lot, and it's all out of sarcasm, but I try to spice it up and, and switch it up as, as much as humanly possible because I don't want to be that person. Uh, it's that mix of giving people what they want and giving people what they don't know they want. The people always, like you said, it's always play the hits. It's, it's say yep. the thing that I know over and over again. And when you actually save that and do it at the right time, it makes more sense. I know when we were, um, again, I was remote when we were making Here They Lie, the development team I work for. But a lot of the conversations I had about horror games, which is, again, the weirdest comparison I'm going to make of the night. But there's that aspect of sometimes you need to give them that big payoff for the tension that you build where you get the jump scare, you get the terrifying thing. And other times you need to suddenly turn around and think something's behind you and it's just a rubber chicken. It's just something nope. that completely throws you off. And I think in, with catchphrases with streaming, you got to understand your audience enough. Like, I, look, I know I'm going to say the thing eventually. I'm going to say undefeated, never lost, but I'm not going to say it. 30 times i'm gonna wait till the very end and then boom it was it was worth sticking around with me the entire time yeah uh, you cared in the stick man cared in the it's, stick. it's 100 percent what that is and you talked before about kind of the person who was playing overwatch all the time and then eventually switched it up because it just wasn't fun for them anymore uh for you is there a risk to suddenly start to stream something entirely new in terms of audience retention because we have call of duty and battlefield coming out soon and both of those games have these these battle royale modes and it's kind of the first it's the first time we're going to see big triple a games with a budget of that magnitude try battle royale so there's an interest in it but a lot of the people who have followed you on facebook and watch you every single time you stream are just there for fortnite of course they're there for you but they're there because you play fortnite so do you feel like if you suddenly decided you wanted to do battlefield or call of duty you could frustrate or lose part of your audience so when the, the Call of Duty beta came out, I was like, I just told my audience during a Fortnite stream, I'm like, look, guys, the Call of Duty beta is dropping in a couple of days. I want to play it. If you guys don't want to tune in because you just love Fortnite, it's all you care about in your life. Totally fine. Like, I'm not going to be mad at you. But if you just want to hang out with me and enjoy the stream and hang out with the community, we'd love to have you there. And I would tell them, like, what time it is and refrain or um, kind of like reconfirm that to them a lot. And what I found with the beta is like I did have a, a little bit of a, a viewership dip. But the chat was like so focused and I kept seeing messages of like, I'm so happy to see you playing something different. I'm so happy to see you going outside of the box of what you're doing. Like I hate when a content creator just plays one individual game. And to me, again, every supporter, fan, subscriber, whatever you want to call them, they all matter. But the audience that sticks with you, no matter what you're doing, because they want to hang out with you and want to support your content, no matter what you're playing, those are the people I'm always going to feel indebted to. And I'm not saying other people don't matter. I'm just saying... Those are the people I feel the strongest tied to because I'm like, no matter what I play, they're going to be there to support me. And that is what you absolutely want as a content creator. How far away do you think you can stray genre wise and still have enough of an audience that you feel like you're not alienating people <laughs> because you still have <laughs> Call of Duty still a shooter. There's still guns in it. OK, mm -hmm. so there's at least some similarity to Fortnite and people can kind of wrap their heads around it. But if you're suddenly playing like. I'm going to go play Dragon Quest XI, which is an old-school JRPG that takes 100 hours to complete. Would everyone be like, the fuck is Doug doing? What's happening? Is that something that you would never test? Probably because I think I would even be looking at a JRPG like, bro, what is happening right now? Oh, come on. I could come on your stream. I could play it. I'll give you tips. It'll be great. Oh, my God. I do think, like, the beauty of being a content creator as well, and, and speaking back to that audience of, like, that core that will follow you no matter what, is I can open their eyes to different things that they wouldn't necessarily have tried before and so like when you know i wanted to play spider-man but i just didn't have time this week so i was like whatever i'm just gonna play it off stream but there's other games coming out that are like red dead redemption right there will be people that have no idea what that game is they've never heard of the first one and i'll be playing the second one and they'll be like this is amazing like i want to do a playthrough of the last of us the original one on my live stream because i may have not ever finished the first one but please don't strangle me over that <laughs> uh, but I want to I want to use my platform to like one play games, hang out with people, show them really cool things, but also introduce them to new things they would have never experienced. Like I remember my first time trying out like Guitar Hero and really hearing like alternative or like old school rock music and be like, holy crap, there's like different genres outside of R and B and like hip hop that I grew up on, and then like playing a game like Mass Effect and being like, oh my god, this RPG is incredible. Why have I never played one of these before? And wanting to go down a whole library. So to me, if I can open up eyes for people um, to games and genres like that, that's what it all matters for. 
Yeah, I, I, I need to just interject this one thing, which will not be as um, topical tomorrow. But it, Aaron Rodgers got back into the game tonight and just threw a 50-yard touchdown bomb across his body. So I football's <laughs> real good again. I promise I listened to your entire thing, but this is I am currently in a state of shock as a Packers fan. This oh, is... Man. Life is crazy. back in the game, dude. His knee did not uh, dude, good. Dude, he got in after halftime, and it's football's real good. Uh, how this is this is my swerve. How long did it take for you to feel like you got good at Fortnite? Because I I've seen you play, and I've seen myself play. And compared to me, you were very good at Fortnite. So how long did it take before you got comfortable saying like, all right, I'm actually starting to win these games. I understand how this game works. I can build and not. I for me, building and shooting is like patting your head and rubbing your belly or it's, it might be that or the other way around but <laughs> at what point did you feel like all right i might be okay at this bro it took me 272 matches with my first solo game so it took me a long time <laughs> okay. i was like i was on stream getting second place after second place and everyone was just roasting me and i'm like one day i will win a solo game and then it eventually <laughs> happened but i would honestly dude i would say the last month and a half to two months i've like seen a noticeable uptick where i feel like i've become an above average player and Today's stream, if you watch that, I was absolute trash today, so I don't want to talk about it. But outside of that, like I've been the last month and a half to two months, I've been really stepping my game up. And to me, it's just about like knowing the meta of the game. So I'm I'm feeling good now. You ask me next week, I might be saying I'm trash again. But as of right now, I feel pretty good. It's it's still impressive for me to watch again, as someone who's very bad at that game. I spend entirely too much of my life playing overwatch and at one point i got to master rank which was around 3500 and then like 36 and at that point you go full matrix where you're just seeing (laughs) things where you're like suddenly bullets are slowing down it just makes sense um and i've seen people do that in fortnite and i understand that it takes a long time to get there between like 500 to a thousand hours to at least get a point where you're like i'm really good at this but as someone who's played just enough fortnite to understand how it works but not enough to understand how building works. It's just, Mm. it fascinates me to watch. Um, Something that has been really interesting to me is this conversation about YouTube burnout. And it's, there was an article that recently published about someone who was really just kind of at the end of their rope after making videos every single day. And uh, it's, you hear so much about, you know, if you, if you stop making videos for even a week, suddenly your entire audience changes and where you rank changes. So you are, it's, it's weird because you're doing your passion, right? And there's that stupid saying that if you find what you, you know, if you work at doing what you love, then you're never working at all, which is the ultimate lie about life because it's really For just sure. like you find what you love and then you end up working 80 hours a week because you love it and you want to put everything into it. You've been doing daily videos for as long as I can remember, all while having this full-time job, having a kid and traveling and doing a lot of other projects. Have you had a few can I or even should I keep doing this moments where you notice yourself just maybe not feeling as creative or even feeling exhausted to the point where you have to stop and be like, do I just need a month off to to kind of refocus? Yeah, I mean, I think the biggest one for me was when my daughter was born. Um, Obviously, that was a scary time because like, I don't even know if I told you this, like my wife was um got reamed into the hospital like was at a point where they were like your wife could die and i was like oh i did not know this oh my god yeah dude that was that was a scary time so that for me was one of those moments where i was like i need to step away like i stepped away from youtube and, and content creation for a good three four weeks to make sure she was good to make sure that we were good just to make sure my daughter was good like it was the scariest time of my entire life um and with that, it was like this moment of clarity where, I, I, again, maybe it's because my daughter was born and having this like tiny human in my hands that I was like responsible for. But I took that step back and I'm like, I don't want to do anything again ever in life that I don't love, that I'm not feeling, that I don't have a passion for. Like, if it's not making me happy, I'm not doing it because I'm a firm believer that the most valuable currency you ever have is time because if you spend it, you can't ever get it back. So I don't want to spend time on something that I don't actually care about. Um, so that was kind of the turning point. I've taken a few days off here and there just when I'm like, eh, I'm burnt out. I need a couple of days. I need a, I'm not feeling, uh, creative enough. And that's been refreshing for me as well. Cause I, I'm at a point now I work a full-time job, as you mentioned, like I don't have to do this every single day. Um, as part of the reason why I don't maybe want to go full-time because I don't want to have that pressure of like, gotta, gotta put food on the table, gotta do this, gotta do that. And I feel like I'll be uninspired. So it's it's refreshing to be able to take those couple of days off, but um, it's just it's more so here and there now at this point for when I take days off. How many days did you not post videos after uh, your kid was born? I had a, I had some scheduled, but there was about a three I don't remember exactly, but there was a three week time period where I didn't make a single video. 
so some were scheduled because I was already preparing like during the holidays of like daughter could come any day. We've got everything done in the house. Let me just like schedule videos through the wazoo. But yeah, it was about three weeks where I didn't make a video and I was just like not even going to post an update at this point. Did you see, and of course you scheduled some, so it wasn't this complete blank period, but did you see a little bit of a fall off when you weren't as prolific there? I think it was Jack guy who had the full-blown, I need to take a break type of video where he's just like, I can't keep doing this the way I'm doing this mental health wise. And mental health is a huge thing now, especially in that community because it, some people are duos, right? Where like Game Grumps is a, a duo let's play type of thing where they're constantly around each other and talking to each other. So there's almost this social aspect with your work. But with a lot of people like, I don't know, Markiplier or Jacksepticeye, it's them talking to a camera. It's them figuring out all these ideas and they're just by themselves doing this. So they, they have these moments of I don't have time to go out because I need to record during the day, edit at night. If I miss a single day, suddenly everything changes. So did you see any sort of drop off when you took that small break? Absolutely. Like I, I remember like seeing people comment on old videos too and be like, I haven't seen any of your videos in a while. Or even like after, after I started uploading again regularly, my views had dropped. Sometimes they were cut in half or even more than that. And then people were also commenting like, oh, I haven't seen one of your videos in a really long time. I just searched you and saw that you had been uploading recently. And I'm like, that is scary as a content creator. Like you felt that whole thing of like, oh my God, I'm irrelevant now. And for me, that was when I was also contemplating, like, do I just not make videos anymore? Because there's other things that matter. Um, but the mental health aspect is like, it's very important. I think my wife has been very good for me about when I'm, you know, cranking out videos, cranking out streams. She's like, you need to, we need to go do something this weekend. We need to go hike or we need to go just like out for a while and just like spend time um, away from the house where you're not just like constantly at your desk. And I'm like, thank God. So thank God for her because <laughs> I'm, I'm able to have like much more of my sanity and a much better schedule. Um, but I know there are a lot of creators that don't have that sort of person in their life to kind of like keep them honest or keep them um, away from that like really bad spot from content creation. And so much of this, so much of creating stuff, whether it's YouTube videos, whether it's streams, whether it's even podcasting, it's you always want to keep growing. You want to keep getting better and better. If your numbers are the same as they were the year before, it doesn't feel like, it feels like you've stalled out. It feels like you failed in like a certain way. I know just, uh, I talked about this with you before we, we went on air. I had a podcast just get, you know, destroyed. It was like all the audio is gone from it. And I didn't think I was going to have one tomorrow. And it's, this is something I don't even get paid for. Like, I don't get paid. I don't have ads or anything like that. I do this because people like it and I like it. But still, I was stressing uh, for like two days of just like, oh, no, I need to figure something out. I need to make sure I get this on Monday. I've never missed a week before. And there's that pressure because you don't want to. It's it's weird to say like you don't want to let people down, but it's also you don't want to let yourself down. You want to make sure you're the person who's there every single week. You, you understand how important consistency is. And I assume you're the same way because you probably have a streaming schedule where it's like I always go live at this time and I can't miss it. And having that pressure of just I can't miss this for, you know, my my listeners or my fans or my watchers sake, but also my own sake is exhausting. Like it, it's a really exhausting thing to deal with. No, it 100 percent is. And at the end of the day, like the hard part for me was just uh, looking at it and balancing that whole is me not putting out a video or not putting out a stream um, uh, more harmful or less harmful than my sanity or whatever, right? Like there's so much going on. Like, you know, sometimes I sleep four or five hours or whatever. And like some days I know like, yo, I need a good eight hours of sleep tonight. So not doing a stream or cutting it early. And your audience at some point will, people will understand, people won't understand. And I've tried to be very transparent with my audience. So they know that when I don't do something, it's for a good reason. Some creators will just be like, oh, I don't feel like it today. And uh, you know, I just, I just, I'm not in the mood and like totally fine. Like that's how everyone is. But my audience has been groomed in a way that they know if I'm not doing something, there's a valid reason for it. And I would say that I'm throwing out a number. I would feel, I feel like 80 to 90% of them are very accepting because they know there's not just some sort of like, oh, I don't feel like I'm not in the mood today. Like it's always a, a valid one. The crazy part is I feel like maybe even 95% of them would totally understand. It wouldn't get upset in any way. So much of the pressure of making stuff is put on yourself and i think that's 
people talk about with uh here's another one of weird analogies like with fighters the i'm never going to lose i'm the best in the world is mm. like the reason you get to where you are but it's also the reason that you might struggle later on because even when things are bad and you should slow down or maybe you should stop you keep saying like oh i'm, I'm still the best i could still do this and with just making stuff you put the pressure on yourself and you're like well i'm going to do this because i've always done it and i'm gonna keep going and it, as long as you could just like have an honest conversation with the people that you're like that watch you consistently i don't think any of them would be upset I, i've seen a few pictures that you've posted of people seeing you out in public and recognizing you and be like oh holy shit it's good game bro and i know you well enough to know that you've never expected anything like that in your life to suddenly go to a city and be recognized or maybe even go to a sports game in whatever city and be like i'm here and have people come up to you because they saw your tweet or they saw your post on facebook has that been maybe one of the most surreal things to transfer that from just youtube videos and facebook to suddenly people of all ages coming up to you at these different events and noticing you that will never not be the coolest thing in the world um <laughs> recently we were at the the cleveland zoo and i like I don't post a ton on social media, but like I'll post like here and there and we do stuff. And I posted on her IG story a picture of my daughter, like making a face because she didn't want to see the elephant. She wanted to see the giraffes or we're just assuming <laughs> that because she can't talk or tell us what she thinks. But, you know, and what a slacker like, can't talk. Yeah, yet. come on. I <laughs> know. Come on. Step it up, Kendall. But we we get to this exhibit and we're with two of our friends that, you know, drove up from Virginia to come see us. And we're just like talking or whatever. And I'm like talking to my wife and talking to my friend Brian. And next thing I know, this kid comes up. He's like, excuse me, are you a good game, bro? And I literally lost. I was like, what? No way. I'm like yelling. At <laughs> did you try to hold that back or did you just let it go? <laughs> I just let it go. I was like, what? And it was just like, it's happened a couple of times, you know, and it's still like I had a kid in London, a kid in London mm. was like, I watch, I watch your Cleveland Browns franchise. I think I told you about that. We were in LA, but I was, yeah. like, I was like, oh my God, like someone in another country, someone knows who I am. Like. That that will never not be the coolest thing in the world to me. It's just so strange because if, everyone always says like, oh, I didn't get into this for the fame. Of, of course not. You did it because you love it. But there's always that back of your mind of like, how cool would this be if this started building steam and you actually had that sort of like recognition. And when it actually happens, you're like, wait a minute, I was kidding. Is this actually happening right now? Is someone actually noticing me? Uh, and like, again, that's super cool. But like, I think one of the... And I'm assuming you can relate to this too. I, when you're looking at numbers all the time and you're working out in your head, how can I do better download numbers than last month or last week, whatever, you're always trying to think of these different ways to reach new people who have never heard of you. But I, I definitely had a moment where I had to slow everything down and just look at, let's say, for example, my Twitter. And every time I post it about the podcast, there's always like 10 or 15 people who no matter what will always comment on something will always like something will always retweet something will always comment on the subreddit will always share the post and those people you just assume will always be there and i feel like that's the wrong way to handle things because sure they're not going to be the ones who suddenly get you paid the big bucks because they're providing millions of views or anything like that but I've just noticed these people who will follow me. And even if I do a weird episode, where I'm like, I have an MMA journalist on. I know you guys are here for video games, but we're going to talk about the UFC. Hopefully you come along and they always do. And you definitely have those people too, where no matter what you do, they're going to be there because they don't really worry about the topic as much as going along and supporting you. And I've, it's cool to have like the people recognize you or it's cool to have suddenly an episode that does 10 times or a hundred times, the hundred times the downloads. But when I have the moment where like one of those 15 people is like, this is one of your best episodes and I could tell they're being genuine because they've listened to all of them. And again, you've probably done the same with your stuff. I think I just kind of sat down and realized like, that's the stuff that's always going to be the coolest is having the people who are going to be there. And maybe you don't know them in life, like in, in, in person, you've never actually met them, but you could tell they just want you to succeed. That's still the coolest shit. Agreed. I, for me, I think the, the coolest messages are the ones that aren't public. Like I get a lot of mm -hmm. Facebook messages and I got, dude, I've had some that like had me like in tears where I'm just like, Oh my God. And maybe I'm a big softy now. Cause I no, have a kid or whatever, way, but fine. like, <laughs> yeah, you get these messages and you're, you know, we've known each other for a long time. And like you, you do something, you're passionate about it. You're doing it for fun. You're not doing it for like everything that may or may not come with it. And you forget sometimes that like people are impacted by what you do. And when someone like, takes time out of the day to message you because they felt so strongly about something it it's this overwhelming feeling of like oh my god like people legit care what i'm doing or like 
me dying in Fortnite and making, you know, <laughs> semi-funny comments, like, helps people deal with the stress in their life or what they're going through. And and it, I know I've said it a zillion times already, and people that are listening are probably like, shut up already. But, like, it is one of the best feelings out there when you're a content creator. No, it, it genuinely is. That's the kind of stuff that really matters to me is that stuff. I've had a few emails where people will just straight up say, like, hey, I got... Uh, I tried pitching for the first time after listening to your stuff and listening to some people on there, and I, I got my thing picked up by Variety or Polygon or um, or GameSpot or IGN, and that stuff is like, man, I I'm not taking even like an, a one percent of the credit for that, and I never would. But just knowing that someone, whatever I said or whatever one of the way more talented, amazing people I've had on here has said. If that helped push you in a certain direction, that's all that really matters. Because like I didn't do that, you did that. You just needed to hear someone say, "Go fucking do that." Um, yeah. And like that—that that was actually the point of this podcast to begin with. Is I—I I know that it. I had a lot of people in my life who told me to go fucking do that. You being one of those, but a lot of people didn't. There weren't a lot of actual resources out there to just tell people like, "Hey, you have the talent to do this. You just need a couple of pieces of advice to get there." And that's what this was. And it's—it's it's changed a lot. But whenever I hear that, that's always. It means a lot. And speaking of advice, let's kind of close out with this. I mean, you've done a little bit of everything in terms of YouTube. You've done websites. You've done Twitch. You've done Facebook. If someone came up to you tomorrow and asked for advice on the best avenue to take if they want to make videos for a living, if at some point in their life they want to be able to stop doing their day job and just actually create content, how would you tell them to go about it? Because it's different for everyone. Everyone has a different route and depends on what exactly they want to do. But if you gave them a starting point for here's what you should at least kick things off with, what would you say? I would always tell people like, one, have a plan, right? Like figure out what type of content you want to create, figure out which platform has benefits that I guess kind of adhere to the strengths of your content. Like, are you doing long form content? Cool. You probably want to do YouTube. Are you doing these like short cut up skits like Facebook? Probably more of your route. Maybe Instagram is kind of your route. There's so many different options for like creators, but it all starts with like, Having a plan that is where you want to create content, how you're going to create it, what type of content you're going to create. Those are like the three big questions you have to ask. And then the big thing for me after that is just like, are you going to consistently do this and be able to take the criticism not only from people but of yourself? Because the biggest mistake I see content creators make is they'll make a video, they put it up, they don't even watch it back. Like after I upload a video... Once it goes live, I watch it back because I'm far enough removed from the creation process where I can objectively watch it. And as I watch my video back, I'm like, mm, that was trash. I messed up there. That was a dumb comment. Never say that again. Oh, that was actually kind of funny. Like, let's do more of that. And I make mental notes so that when I'm creating the next version of that content that I can, like, keep iterating and keep improving upon it. Because if that's what your audience wants to see. If I'm just creating the same content, if I'm not getting better, they don't care, you know? Um, it's yeah. kind of like sports, right? Like, if you go out there and, like, the first day of practice, you can barely make a layup. And on the last day of practice, you can still barely make a layup. Coach is going to be like, mm, probably not bringing that person back next season. But if you can show improvement, your audience, whoever's watching you, they're going to be like, you know what? I see potential there. I want to keep watching. And they feel even more attached to you because they've been along for your journey to see you improve your content. It's so hard to be honest with yourself. Like that is, that's one of the, it's one of the things you need to know earliest, but it's usually one of the final things that actually comes to take a step back and we both listen to ourselves talk a lot, which is hard. You see yourself on video. I've not taken that oh. step. That stuff, that shit terrifies me. I remember I, when I used to do theater in high school and would ever get any of the videos back of myself on stage. I'm like, just burn that. I, I don't want to see it. I don't want to hear it. I want to do anything. And I've gotten to the point where I don't cringe one bit when I have to listen to myself talk because I'm literally editing my. I listen to my entire podcast before they, you know, before I put them live. So I hear myself an hour every single week and realize like, oh, you say that too much or you go down this rabbit hole too much. And are you really going to use that exact same analogy again, Josiah? You do it all the time. But you at least get to the point where you sure you hate that stuff, but you hate it enough that you're like, I'm going to go change that or I'm going to do my best to improve that or I'm going to start asking better questions or go down different rabbit holes and not just lean on the exact same thing. It's, it's one of the things you need to know early, but it's one of the hardest things to do. Uh, last major thing. What are you working on right now that you can talk about? And uh, where can people find you on social media? Man, that's a, that's a big question. Well, um, I first of all, I just started doing, if you go into your local GameStop, you'll see a wonderful, handsome face of a Fortnite <laughs> player you might watch uh, on their TV. So I'm doing some cool stuff with GameStop. 
where I'm creating some content for them and it's like playing in the stores. Um, I literally That's had crazy. Yeah, one of my like closest friends growing up, his wife texted me and was like, I was taking our son into GameStop and I heard this voice. I was like, that sounds like Dougie. And she turned around and I'm like on the TV. Um, so I'm working so with nuts. them. I have a really, really cool video coming out that I can't talk about yet. That should be out, I think, this month, I think, um, that I'll blast across social media. And uh, a couple other secret projects I can't really talk about yet. But I'm just saying, there's some cool stuff. There's some cool stuff. Um, but you can also find me on all social media. It's just good game bro, all one letter, or sorry, all one word. Words are hard, apparently. Uh, <laughs> it's late for you. I get it. Yeah. Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, uh, Instagram, just good game bro. All right. Perfect. Uh, Doug, thanks so much for doing this, especially late on a Sunday night when you have a child and you've been probably making videos and shit all day. Uh, I know I say this too much when I say that you were a big reason for why I ever got to where I got. And I, I, I know you Stop. always say like, oh, it was you. Stop. But it, what I said earlier is true in terms of sometimes people have the tools, but they just need someone to say, go fucking do this thing. And I'm going to push you to go do this thing. And you need that in life. So I'm always going to be appreciative of that. It was super great to see you in LA again recently. Um, I can't wait till the next time we talk when you're suddenly like the owner of all the Facebook video gaming branch where suddenly you're just like the guy, the face of it. And I'll have to like actually talk to, I don't know, someone to help schedule this appointment with you. I won't be able to even talk to you directly, but Get out of here. Uh, it's, it's been cool to see all this shit. I'm a genuine fan of what you do. And yeah, can't wait to see all the stuff you do next. Nah, dude, thanks for having me on. Uh, you're incredible. It's been awesome to watch you just like crush it. I never did anything for you. I literally just turned the doorknob and then you kicked the door open and you just went out there and crushed it. So congrats on all your success. Fantastic to see you again in LA and thanks for having me on again. That's only marginally true. You did a little more than that. But thank you everyone for listening. Hopefully tune back in for the next episode of the 1099.